This is Tony Silva. And Charles Wiz. And this is episode 28, uh, Two Teachers Talking. Uh, Charles and I get together to talk about teaching, basically English in Japan, um, but all kinds of teaching and things that we find that work, things that don't, uh, things that still confuse us, confound us, drive us crazy, and other things that uh, don't get a chance to talk about too much. And today we're starting, a, actually what is a two-part uh, episode um, on the uh, part-time, full-time teaching situation continental divide in japan yeah <laughs> and uh yeah initially we thought we would do it all at once but we realized that well one that might just perpetuate the the animosities and and then you know make that divide even oh, there's, bigger there's, or worse are there animosities uh, between part-time that, and full-time teachers not that i've noticed i've never seen no, anything no okay but uh so today we're going to focus on the, the part-time <laughs> part and uh the uh the travails and the changes and also some of the you know and also obviously there are advantages to the part-time teaching situation in Japan. Right. It's it's an interesting situation actually that has this mix of advantages and disadvantages although from a teacher's point of view part-time being part-time without any benefits which is a real big thing um no pension none of the the real any job security at all actually and especially given the there's a new law that the new labor law in Japan but we, I think we've talked about that, haven't we, Tony? About we've mentioned the, it. We've mentioned the, it. The, how does it work? It's that after five years, you can inform your employer that you would like to be considered as an ongoing employee, and therefore you're automatically renewed. Right? Is yeah, that how it works? Yeah, basically. But yeah, I think we probably need like to fill in some background and some other stuff with that, because otherwise the, the podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's. But yeah, yeah, that's basically it. But coming out of a blue with the whole with the whole picture, part of the reason why we decided to do it like in two episodes because if you're not if you're not in Japan and you haven't been teaching, if if you're outside the country or if you're just new to Japan, um, a lot of this stuff is new and not at all intuitive, exactly, and and not at all rational. So uh, yeah, we're gonna have to like go slow and uh, maybe explain some things as as we go. So yeah, that's okay. that's a it's a huge one, but it's so insane that it takes some explaining. I think. So for everyone who's listening, um, if you don't know the situation in Japan, we have this. Actually, it's there's three stages, wouldn't you say, Tony? There's part time, there's full time, and then there's the nether world of. Or there's four four different, I think, animals. Then there's the full-time, part-time person, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's the weird job they give you, which is actually a part-time job that is, or a full-time job that kind of looks like a full-time job, but is ter- term-limited. So we're not talking about those. We're Correct. talking specifically about someone who is teaching as a part-time instructor at different universities and does not hold a full-time job. Correct. Okay. I think I think the which uh, we call the full-time part-timer, right? I what way to say it? Yeah, I guess yeah, yeah, full-time part-timer. I think I think the um, if we, we think about the part-time teacher in Japan, I think the closest um, US system equivalent might be adjunct professor. 
And well, that'd be the closest word. Yeah, yeah. You're basically just, a part timer as an adjunct, right? Professor. It's a, you're 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 a hired gun. You're a uh, Ronin, and the the Japanese term for it uh, is hijoking, which mm. literally translated means emergency worker. Does it really? I never knew that. Yeah, hijoking, hijo, emergency, hijoking. Ah. Wow. Yeah, you're an emergency worker, so you are hired. Uh, an emergency basis, and one one of the one of the great posters that I saw in the last year was a, a group of parents who were protesting uh, one change or another in the. Uh, this was elementary school and, and junior high school, I believe. They were protesting uh, some change in policies mandated by the Ministry of Education, and uh, in Japanese, the, the 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 posters, the the signs, the protest signs, said, "Our our children are not emergencies." Mm. So, it, it, you know, and it was it wasn't an anti part time teacher thing. It was, it was like no, we like they need to rethink the system in terms of yeah, we, we, these are these are not emergency workers. These are teachers, mm. um, and it's that uh, it's that distinction inherent in the title. Just like we as foreigners are gaijin outside people, um, the language reinforces the thought. And yes, um, when we when. Uh, uh, People consider part-time teachers. They are considered on that basis. They're bare in an emergency, a bare, barely one step up from equipment. Hmm. One step up from equipment, depending and, on where you work. <clears throat> oh, oh, absolutely! Oh, absolutely! Absolutely! There, there are huge, there are big differences, and sometimes places. you're very lucky, and you and it's it's a very nice situation. But that's not yes. that's not the norm. But that would be in institutions where, in general, it's good to work. Yes. For everybody, right. and, exactly. it's, and, and 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 consequently, a good place for students. Right, and if you're at a place that treats you joking badly, usually the f- full timers are not being treated as yeah, well it's, it's either. Usually symptomatic. It usually it's, it's reflective it's, it's, of the whole situation in the in exactly the school, exactly. Right. Okay, so, and uh, the other thing that I think is probably at, th- at this point is worth addressing too is that um, the relationship between the employer and the employee. Uh, in Japan is very different from those in other places and from the United States and certainly from Europe because that's that another ball of wax all by itself. Mm. And it's also very different from the stereotype of what we've been told is the relationship between the employer and the employee in Japan. Um, very The stereotype of being the Japanese company or school uh, being one big family and the myth of the bottom-up uh, information mm. flow that we were mm. fed in the 80s with the car factories. Uh, and, and, and the consensus. And, and the consensus. And decision-making by consensus, I think, is another thing, oh, too. It's, that's, that's very... It's a myth. I, I, it's a total well, myth. I, I ha- no, I don't think so. I've seen it. Where? where? You know, a decision is made at the top, and then we have consensus, and we agree with the decision. <laughs> Ah, you're using but, using the Japanese tra- definition yes, of consensus. So, but that's exactly that's an inside it. joke. Cause when I, <laughs> right, because I came here on the 80s. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was an inside <laughs> joke for people who have been Consens- here for a while. You mean consensus, not consensus. Uh, oh, the ah. coneheads. Coneheads. <laughs> consensus but, here basically means doing it their way. Shut up. Yes, yes. Well, it was, it was shocking for me, I think because I had done the, the part-time thing for so long, and I went, I was finally became full-time, and I went to, I think it must have been my, one of my first um, 
professor faculty meetings uh-huh. and there was this big debate over an issue and finally at the end everybody did the yoroshi deska which means is it okay and there was no sound or anything and then that was the end of the debate mm. so right i think it's important for people who are outside of japan to know that these ideas that a lot of people have about how Japanese organizations work are comparable to the idea that America promotes, for example, about our respect for entrepreneurship <laughs> or diversity. <laughs> right. In that in it's an ideal mm. that I think people were aiming for and that got picked up and people saw it in a couple of situations, perhaps. Yeah. And, and, may, and, and maybe it, hold it in the back of their head somewhere. Um, but right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a shared myth. Okay. And so bringing that back now to the part-timers experience. Mm. So you're hired, you know, basically you're, you're a hired gun. Uh, you have, uh, a contract for the year semester or year year used to be pretty much standard though. That's kind of slipped and it, it's often become semester by semester so and you have no guarantee of employment beyond that year or semester in some cases and i just want to throw in there that for people who have been here long enough we remember a fact we didn't even know what a contract was correct right correct. long long time ago you were never handed a piece of paper mm, you were it was just, just kind of understood it was both every you bowed at the end of the interview which i remember one time when one interview started with we really appreciate your coming to teach here <laughs> yeah and a lot of times you at the end of you or even after you would not really understand with 100% confidence that you what had, had a job. <laughs> and then suddenly there's the paperwork for your bank account. Right, exactly. Well, I guess I got the job. <laughs> exactly. It's not an exaggeration. Okay, so actually, maybe, Tony, it's a good point to, you know, kind of give people who might not be familiar with the the part-time gig the, the situation, payment situation okay or or everything yeah you know, um, how does it exactly work because when you said hired gun i know what you're talking about okay. right so and it just actually means you're it's actually it's piecework yes yeah and so why did we why did you go ahead and yeah, it's almost it's, it's our... freelance it's it and, and as you said piecework and uh part-time teachers are hired and people who are working part-time uh, will by necessity be teaching at uh, a number of schools during the week because all schools will limit the number of classes given to part-time teachers. One, to kind of protect themselves from a person going back home, leaving the country, which which does happen. Uh, well, yeah. it's not does happen. I think we have multiple stories about that, and we w- we should get to that at the later point. Okay, about so the, the, the negatives. So you're limited to maybe three or four. Let's say yeah, very practically, most places three or four classes per school, which is one day of work, and so you right. end up teaching in a one in one week at four or five different schools. If you can, if you can get that more work, okay. If you can and find and how many schools are you at right now? I'm at five. Right, so one, one I'm a different day. school each day, and uh, in that day you'll teach two, three, or four 90-minute classes. And the academic year consists of two semesters, uh, uh, nominally 15 weeks per That's, semester. Do you remember the 12-week semester? Uh, I remember flexible semesters. Some places would have 14, some would have 13. I do not remember a school that officially had a 12-week semester, they were nominally 14, but, but if holidays fell on um, a, a class day, okay. you were not expected to make those up. 
And they didn't schedule a makeup class. They either. did not schedule makeup classes, and uh, you were allowed one or two sick days uh, in a semester without having to make up the classes. So, a eleven or twelve week semester was a definite possibility. Uh, the most liberal school that I've taught at since being in Japan was was a, a junior college, and they're in the you know they had their you know the the, the quote unquote rules. And that if they asked, they asked uh, that if uh, your class was met less than 10 times, you were asked to make a class up. Mm. And what do you think's brought about that change? Cause well, that's, think... that's top down. Um, that is from the Ministry of Education, real pressure on the schools. And now the norm is uh, for there to be. 15 mandatory class meetings in a semester and if it's a holiday the school will schedule a makeup day for those classes to be held and if you're sick you are expected to on your own you know within the school schedule to schedule uh, a makeup day so yeah. that you meet a minimum of 15 so that's an essentially a maximum of even a 50% workload increase or in most cases 20% or 30% where you're working that many more hours without any extra compensation. Mm. Yeah. Well, I know that at some schools, they also do the, what I call the science fiction day where Tuesday becomes Monday. Yeah. That's, a, that's been, ha it hasn't happened. That's really me. weird. It's really, well, it's really weird. And it's, and, and again, it, it makes you sense from a university perspective, but any part-time teacher is like, well, your Monday class is going to be on Thursday. Well, no, no, I, exactly. I work somewhere else on Thursday. Right. So and the I class can't doesn't cancel get those made up classes. Anyhow, so... And the class doesn't get made up anyhow. Well, the places where I work, they, they make you schedule it on your own then. They offer that day as an alternate, but then right. you can't do it. You have to do it someplace else. And the one that I find really rude, though, is when they schedule the makeup classes on a Saturday. Or Christmas. Or something along those lines, yeah. Yeah, that's Ritz. Yeah. Ritz I'm sorry. I don't work there. <laughs> you don't work there. <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but only I, those I, of us who I didn't know. say Ritz and Macon, but at uh, some schools, um, the yeah, makeups are routinely scheduled for New Year, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. And you know, this just doesn't seem right to me. No, <laughs> it's not. And one of the things also is that I have seen places where part timers and full timers having to cancel the class or the makeup class or the way that a makeup class was handled, part-timers and full-timers are treated differently. Oh, absolutely. I've been at some schools where it's just not fair. Mm. For either side. I've yes, seen it yeah. where part-timers <clears throat> got an unfair, you know, an unfair, it was just unfair for them. And I've seen it where full-timers got a bad break also. Mm. So, okay, so... The, the semester's gotten longer since we've been here. Okay. The pay is not <laughs> the where, you know, normally you'd expect some kind of cost of living increase. There has been basically none since I've been here, 25 no, years. There's also been no inflation here. There we has been no inflation, which inflation. you can understand. But there are a, a number of schools that have lowered their salaries. Mm. Um, in fact, one of the, the part-time jobs that I, I don't have now that I used to have... Um, they were paying. They're paying their teachers very, very well, and they cut the salary by about a third. Mm. And of course, a lot of them left, and that, it worked for me because they created an opening where I could come in. And, and even even the cut salary was not bad. 
Um, but a large number of schools have done that. I was at a school where uh, the initial pay was not very good, and they wanted to reduce the salaries. It resulted in union action, and uh, we were able to get some of that back. Um, mm. But that's been the trend, and um, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. The, the, if you want to put things into total perspective, um, when I came to Japan in permanently ostensibly in 1991 I didn't quite double my salary but it was it was a significant increase mm. and if I, I mean from what you had in the states yeah, what I had in the states so it was a big step up for me to mm. to come from uh, what was a civil service job at a university in the United States to a full-time position here in at a semongakoa uh, a, a special school, a technical school, kind of like a community college. Or would you call it a trade school? It's between a trade school and a and a, and a junior college, college and a community college, community college right. yeah, right in between there. It's a, it's a unique entity. And I was a full time teacher there for a number of years. Um, but if I had stayed at my old job, my pension would be more than I'm making now, and I would have been collecting it for four years already. So I'd be making really? more sitting at home than I am. Teaching eighteen classes a week. Mm. How does that? How does that affect your motivation? Um, you, you know, well, this would you know, kind of get to this later on, but yeah, in terms of motivation, you really need to redefine you know, what you what you want to get out of your job. It's you, if you if you're looking for monetary compensation, you're in the wrong profession. Business, you're in the wrong. Business. You're in the wrong place, um, and you're not going to get any kind of uh, you know. Positive reinforcement and kind of encouragement from the institutions where you're working, um, you get it in your classrooms, you get it from your kids, and if you if you're not getting it there, if that doesn't matter to you, you're probably not going to get a lot of satisfaction out of the job because that's the only place where it, you get it. You get it from watching your kids learn, and if you're really really lucky, um, they let you know. And um, for me, that's worth it. Okay. So. Well, how about <clears throat> explaining to people who might not be in Japan, so to speak. <laughs> what what What's a, a day in the life of a part-timer? Because there is a, very little contact, for example, with the people who hire you, <clears throat> I think. Oh, there's... Uh, often, you, you go through that and explain just yeah, you know, all uh, those often, issues. Often there's very, there's very often none. Uh, in fact, at a number of schools where I teach... In fact, most of the schools where I teach... Um, I teach, I'm lucky in that I teach at a different school each day. There's no day of the week where I need to go to from, to begin the day at one school, then at lunch or later in the day, shift and then teach at another school. I did do that once yeah. uh, for a period of a couple of years, but the schools were very, very close. Um, on a nice day, it was a long walk, uh, but it was a one or two click taxi taxi ride between the two they're basically next door but on opposite sides of a mountain which made the getting there a little bit hard especially in rainy season uh, especially in summer which is coming yeah it's coming it's coming. Uh. so um i don't need to do that though a lot of people do and have so i'm lucky in that i go to one school a day uh each of the schools that i teach at i teach three or four classes so um i leave early in the morning to avoid rush hour uh, I arrive at the school sometime between eight and eight thirty. Um, 
Classes begin when? Usually about 9 or 8.50. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some places 8.50. And uh, you go to a uh, shared teacher lounge because it's part-time teachers. You don't have an office. You don't have a cubicle. Um, and in some schools, you don't have any storage space other than a drawer, which um, might be big enough to hold a single textbook. If you're lucky enough, or a single can. pencil, <laughs> <laughs> you can get a pencil and you get a pencil and some documents in there, and you can maybe get a get a uh, a textbook in there. And uh, you'll it's, it's you're segregated. This is the ghetto. Um, you're in there with all the other part time teachers. Sometimes, depending on the size of the school, sometimes they're all English teachers. Sometimes it's a mix of all different uh, types of teachers, Japanese and foreigners mixed. Usually, though. Uh, some schools have a special lounge for the foreigners, and some for the Japanese, or even further segregated. Um, and it works. And some ma- schools, and some schools, the faculty, each faculty has its own part-time office. There's not a general university. Right. Exactly. Office. The part-timers and the full-timers are segregated. Uh, and it's also worth mentioning at this point because when foreigners come to Japan, um, it's kind of easy to assume that a lot of the discrimination that's happening is because you are not Japanese. Uh, I want to say at this point that uh, the Japanese part-timers and the foreign, full-time, uh, full, foreign part-timers are, are equally discriminated against. And in fact, the Japanese get, Japanese get the short end of the end stick. End of the stick because their salaries tend to be they, lower They than tend ours. to get lower. And well, yeah, in whether it's you know languages or other languages, yeah, the Japanese part-time teachers really get the short end of the stick. So this is this is not a, a foreigner discrimination thing. It is a a full-time part-time thing. Yeah. It's so a- yeah, so you've got you've got no office, you've got no storage. You're in this, um, you know, room, minimally uh, appointed usually. Um, you've got there might be a vending machine. Some places will provide hot water. And tea bags or and instant coffee for the teachers. Um, you probably have access in another room to photocopy machines, and uh, but not always. I know quite famously one university that did not allow, allow their part-time teachers to have direct access to a photocopy machine. That if you wanted copies of anything for your classes, you needed to take it <clears throat> to the department. Uh, to which your students belonged. And you might teach, for example, if you're teaching Introduction English, you might teach one class to engineers, another one to the sociology majors, and another one to, um, if you're really lucky, English majors. If you wanted copies for all your classes, you'd need to take your material to three different offices the week before so the staff could make copies for you. And then you'd pick them up the following week, the day of your classes, because... One day, one foreign one day, part-time one teacher time. abused the photocopier by making copies for something like an Amway project. And he was caught, and to this day, um, this is getting on 15 years or possibly more. Uh, at that university, part-time teachers do not have access to photocopy machines. Oh. Then but. okay, so so and and then of course like so yeah, some places they will have um, they will have computer a computer for the teachers to use yeah you know, obviously you know, it'd be like you know Windows ninety eight it'll be five, years out of date it'd be really small but it, it'll very often have a 
um, internet connection, and you can use those kind of things. But minimally appointed, you don't have any space of your own. You really have no space, uh, uh, storage space. You basically carry everything with you on your back. Uh, you do your three or four classes. Each class is about 90 minutes. Um, so if you're lucky and you were able to get four contiguous classes, you start at 9. Second class begins at 1040. Uh, there's a lunch break. The afternoon classes begin at 1. The next one begins at 340. Or and 240. you're done about... You mean 240. 240. And uh, you're you're out of there at 410 or so. And then you go right. home. You You clean up from the day. You prepare for your next day classes. And you get up and you do it again the pretender yeah but From, but the uh, jackson but, brown get up but the thing is yeah okay so, so that's the routine yeah right exactly people, right, people know that yeah. of course just get up and do it again but uh and you may see other part-time teachers um there was a school that i taught at a very large national university where the part-time teacher lounge, I would walk in some days, walk in, walk out, and never say anything more than good morning um, to the people in the office. At um, one of the schools where I teach now, I walk in in the morning, and I'm uh, at watch at two of the schools I'm teaching. I walk in the morning, there's a, there's a handful of part-time teachers, you know, we talk in the morning, I go to my class, and I'm in my classroom all day. Um, um we have one, two classes, one, two, three, four at both schools. At lunchtime, I just sit in the classroom. Oh, uh, you're, you're fortunate to get the same classroom. Yeah, very. Oh. very, very. And, uh, and where... again, we talked about this before. In that situation, you, know, you, you can go ask. It's like, yeah. they're thinking about the schedule. Okay. Can I please have all my classes? And something like, okay. So during lunchtime, you would just you would sit in the classroom. Just sit yourself. in the classroom. You would, not go to the, you would not go to the commu- communal room. No, or I just the sit common in the common room. Just okay. sit in work. And, um, yeah, so you have no office, you have no place to go. And, yeah, and again, I had this, um, you know, which is, you know, this humiliation um, where uh, some st- students, is, uh, they're very excited and they're, they want to learn. And, you know, they're talking about things like that. Well, you know, where are you, what are your office hours? And I said, well, I don't, I don't have office hours. I'm only here on one day a week and I teach at other schools. I'm only here on Friday. So, well, where's your office? Can we come and see your office? I said, well. I don't have an office, uh, but I'm here in my classroom. Says, oh, oh, so you're here? Say, yeah, it's just come here, lunch or whatever. Come on, I'll talk to you. But that's that's the only place I've got. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. But that's that, there's an interesting take on that. I realized that when I was a student, I didn't know which of my professors were full time. No, part time because not. I assumed that everybody was full time. Well, of course, we did. Uh, you're innocent. Right. Students don't know this either. It's interesting. They don't realize that, you know, I have to say to students, if you want to talk to me, you have to talk to me on this day Mm. because I'm only here on this day. Right. Yeah. Although some schools uh, have a lot of part-timers and the students understand that. There's Mm. one school I teach at that brings in a lot of part-time people Mm. because they just have a lot. They they offer more classes and a smaller size, I think, than most other universities. Yeah, these are first-year students. They're just getting the lay of the land and, right. and, and stuff. So, so they're, they're, okay. learning, they're learning to discriminate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As we all are, right? We were learning what, it, what you know, all kinds of discriminations and things. It's, like, it's, all, it's all learned behavior. They just don't know any okay. better yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, though, if I'm right, there are different... You ha- Some days, though, you are having a lot of contact with the other part-time teachers. I think when we were working together, I remember... Well, that was unique. 
Um, I, I, well, I can't say unique because it was maybe not the only place, but it was that was very very different. Okay. Um, uh, and, and Charles is talking about a, a coordinated program uh, where we where worked we together, together. Where Charles, Charles was the coordinator, and um, a small small new university, uh, which yeah, which was very very different because because it was really really good. <laughs> it was <laughs> we we did some wonderful things and um uh the class the class was not the incoming class was not big uh our classes were small they were under 15 they were about 12 right and it the program was coordinated in that the uh content of the classes the great amount of overlap with care and the real the true meaning of the word coordination between uh, the conversation classes, the reading classes, the writing classes, where uh, themes and vocabulary and structures were repeated and reinforced. And between classes, teachers would get together in a small office. I think it was uh, my office. It was actually. your office. <laughs> it was your office. And we sat together and we talked about what we were doing in our classes. We talked what was about what was happening with individual students. That was, um, but that was a very that was an exceptional group of teachers. I think also it was, a, it was everything about it was exceptional. That was an exception. It was a it was a unique. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'll, yeah, it was unique. I don't because I had, had nothing experienced like that anywhere right. else. Because most of the time you don't really talk a lot with people. Most of the time the programs aren't coordinated, or they're coordinated in a way that we would call really top down, and you're given the materials. Mm. But I know that. I've seen different situations as a part-timer, and I still do work part-time, which is, by the way, something for those people who are outside of Japan. Most full-time professors will have one day where they work part-time, where they teach at another university. And that's for a variety of reasons, but primarily I think it's supplementing income. But most of the time, I don't talk to people. And if I do talk to people, everyone's doing their own thing. So it really can vary from school to school. I mean, you have different experiences on right, e- right, each right. day of the week, right? And, yeah, it's, it's also, a, I always, always hate walking into the, com- the common room or the <laughs> part-time room, part-timer's room the first time on a, at, at a new university. Mm. It can be very, um, it's very rare for somebody to walk up and say, welcome. Yeah. And, Right? <laughs> everybody sees a new face and nobody even though everybody understands that that's what I find amazing is everybody does this part-time gig thing and you know how it can just you don't know where the oh this is something I find how I, I wanted to toss this out it's changing the subject slightly but Tony how many times have you been hired and then people show you even tell you where the he joking room is uh, it's it's happened, but it's yeah it's, exactly. It's happened. <laughs> but it's not happened more often than it's happened. So yeah, exactly what you say. You show up and you're at this you know a, you know large university, and there may be there yeah, may no be like idea. twenty or thirty buildings, you can and you kind of find the building. The yeah. and you no one has told you where to go, right? And what yeah, anything like for example, one of the things that maybe maybe unique to Japan for for people to you know. University teachers, you need to sign 
a book saying that you, yes, you did come to work on this day because we get compensated for transportation costs. But this signing in procedure is is key, and everyone has to do it. Uh, and we we if we're lucky, we can sign our names. Sometimes they demand that you uh, Bring your, do uh, yeah. what we call hanko, or which is chop, uh, it, or it's a small that's amazing. Yeah, it's name right. it's called, seal kind of. It's called a chop. <laughs> So you cut your thumb and give them up with thumb, you know, blood print, you know, thumb print with your blood mm-hmm. on it. Um, but ba- necessary things, right? So yes, okay, you have a mailbox where there is the mode of communication. Ironically, from the university, it's like, well, where are, where's the mailbox? Where where do I get? No one's told me where I get my information. <laughs> There's a lack of information here. I don't know where to get my information. Yeah. Uh, where do I sign in? Where's my mailbox? Um, where where can I sit? Exactly, uh, and they they won't tell you those things. It, yeah, I was thinking back, and I, I will never. You know, I'm thinking exactly about those things, right? And I remember very clearly, long time ago, I got a part time job at a university in the Kansai area, three co- three coma three classes, and I went for the interview. And this is the interview that started off. Somebody asked me, recommended me, and I went in for the interview. This is the interview that started off with, we really appreciate your helping us out by accepting these three classes. But I'll never forget that the full-time professor, after the interview, said, let me show you around. And, wow. the, first thi- and the first thing he did was he said, this is our library. You have access huh. to the library. Huh. And you know how many times that's happened? Never. Since then. <laughs> Never to me. <laughs> okay, but the idea... But exactly, know, and, you, and you know that I've applied for lots of jobs, and I've gotten but, lots of jobs, but right. that's never happened to me. And I thought to myself, wow, somebody understands that I would want access to the library. Mm. And it's it's a perk that people don't know that they have access to a lot, mm. and very rarely does the school even inform you of that. Mm. And some schools have incredible libraries Mm -hmm. that you have access to things. But, yeah, the idea that somebody on your first day, you know, we they interview you and it would just seem to make sense that people would take 10 minutes and say, look, we're not sure what decision we're going to make, but we'd like to show you around. Here's where you would sign in. Here's where you could have lunch. Here's where. Right. I don't. I don't know how many times I've gone to some big schools and had to, you know, ask the the guard, right, the security guard at the the gate, the front gate, mm. where is something? Mm. I had no idea. Sure, sure. So, sure. yeah, and again, the thing I think about being part time is that versus full time is you really begin to understand that there is definitely organizational culture. And depending on what school you're at, things really vary in how they treat you, how much information, how much ex- ah, how much experience they have working with foreign people also. Oh, geez. That's another one, I think. You want to run with that for a little bit? No, I think that's enough <laughs> for another day. Um, right. It's a whole topic all by itself, is, I think, is school culture. But... Um, <clears throat> Getting into maybe actually into the uh, the the you know the outside part you know the logistics we're talking about like signing in and sitting down and doing classes, the teaching itself, um, also the feeling of being this emergency worker, this second class or or often third class citizen, um, you know you very often have limited autonomy on textbook selection, 
uh, class syllabus, um, even your evaluation methods, how you in, in, evaluate the students. Now, the lack of autonomy is not necessarily a bad thing, uh, except that those decisions have often been made by people who have never taught those classes themselves. Uh, they, they might not even speak English. Um, and those are the same people that make the decisions about how, what gets taught in the classroom and how they evaluate our performance. Um, so two, just two examples. I'll say, so I'm, you know, I was full-time initially for a number of years and four or five years, six years, maybe I can't remember, but basically I'm infantry. I'm classroom. And since then I've been teaching, uh, between 15 and 19 classes per semester for the last 15 years. Um, Again, infantry, seasoned. I'm a teacher. Uh, and so you're kind of like that gruff staff sergeant in every In war some movie. ways. But <laughs> <laughs> I, hope my team, I hope my students don't necessarily see me because I, I use sugar as often as I do a concrete fist. But you're the um, love. Okay, so you're the lovable gruff. But I, but I, but I, I, but I'm in a classroom. I know what works, right? And I really make a really sincere effort to tailor each of those classes to the kids that I'm teaching. Yet the decisions about those classes, you know, from at an institutional level, are made by people who've never. I've had two examples. This is a full-time teacher where a place that I used to work said, "Well." He asked me a question, and it was great because he asked for input because that by itself was a miracle. Um, and then he said, you know, he said well, that's because I've never taught a low-level class. Hmm. And so he's, he's, he's been here for 20-some-odd years, very lucky early on, got a full-time job very early on, um, and was able to you know give the low-level classes, the quote-unquote difficult-to-teach classes, to the part-time teachers – and the full-time teachers teach the advanced classes and the upper-level classes, which we never get the chance to teach. Almost never. It's very rare for it's rare for. Um, I had it. Teacher. I had that chance at one school, and, and it, it's been taken away because it's been integrated with their senior seminar uh, teacher. So, of course, full-timers because because have to do that because it's important teaching, and I'm only a part-timer. But. Um, and the other one was interesting because he was, uh, as you said, full, full-timers very often will teach um, at a, another school part-time one day a week you know, to supplement income, usually. And, uh, yeah, he's been here for a really long time. And this was at a, uh, a women's university, which still exists in Japan, which are wonderful to teach at. Um, and that's usually just because I, I find female students are often more serious than the male students. Well, they're more serious. And, and, and also, I think the, and this is another topic for the gender dynamics are also very different. Yeah. It's uh, a, big it's a good point. There's, there can be very strange dynamics in the classroom. Right, right, right. And we all learn to not do things that. different ways, right? T, I, and I've taught everything. I've taught all male. I've taught all female. I've taught mixed classes. And I teach very differently to each situation. Mm. But this guy has... Never taught a male student. Wow. He's only taught females. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Oh, man. And, 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 and he's the guy that's making the it, It's like, oh, man. And he's making all the decisions. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Um, 
so you're in the classroom you're making decisions it's kind of isolated there usually is very little communication between the full-time and part-time staff most of the time it's via a mailbox right correct and there you are in the classroom <laughs> and so. uh, and this is and this is the okay so you know so we've we kind of put a, like negative spin on it up to this point but no I, you've put negative spin on well, it like saying it how it is saying it how it is but um the the beauty of this is Okay, and there's a very definite positive aspect yes, to all yeah, this. Yes, yes, there's a real positive aspect to this. Be- and it'll come out, I think, maybe a little bit more next week. We talk about the negative things about being full-time. But as a part-time teacher, you walk in, you walk out. You do. You walk in, you do your job, you get out. Uh, as a part-time teacher, uh, again, and it varies depending on the classes that you've been assigned. But basically, you've got the best part of this job. You don't have to deal with, for the most part, the, the meetings, the which are the, the, which are a whole thing all by themselves. The school politics, as Charles just said, yeah, which are a morass. Uh, I mean, meeting uh, politics and meetings bad, academic meetings worse, Japanese academic meetings. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! And this fall, I am having just a shameless self promotion. There will be I am getting a book out on the Japanese business meeting. Uh, Schedule, but not the Japanese academic meeting. Ah, I'm not that. Are you gonna? uh, No, I mean, I don't want to go. No, no, no. I do not want to immerse myself in in thinking about that anymore. So yeah, as a part time teacher, I don't have to think about that anymore. Whereas a full-time teacher, how many hours a week do you spend in meetings, Charles? I'm, I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky. I'm, I don't have to spend too many hours. Uh, but it's really true. This I never because I've been full-time now uh, only like eight years. I think, right? Mm-hmm. I got my full-time job very late. I did the opposite of what you did. Is I started part-time mm-hmm. and then at the end. But. Um, I found out that it depends who your department head is, mm. <laughs> how many meetings you have. But I'm fortunate. The deal is is that I have a higher teaching load than the other people in my department because I don't have. I have I have less. You don't have those um, kinds of. I have less committee responsibility, mm. and I I consider that a benefit. Oh, although I know other people who feel the opposite yeah it depends it's really interesting what the structure of the institution is and your place and in it what, and you know, the coordination you know, what kind of work stuff. you have to do within the committee and which committee it is but i do completely understand the um um aversion i think is the word i would choose oh, oh god to <laughs> meetings oh god and, uh, well, and, so, and sometimes well, it's significant right oh, so and a well-run meeting is what is such a joy well you, well, you know how to do that. Yeah, I know how to do that. You, don't have any do. chairs. Don't have nope. any. <laughs> no, nobody. No, no chairs. No, and... no one runs a meeting like you run a meeting. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's really, but it's really true. Remember, we'd get together and the idea is the only reason to have a meeting is because a decision needs to be made. Yeah, because there's an objective. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's something that has we have to decide on. And, you know, come prepared to talk about that. But, yeah, I've, um, the idea of like for example an orientation meeting i'm not sure of any longer 
And one thing I really, you know, I have my, you know, this dream that if I, you know, really could be the, the, the big dog, you know, that people should be paid to attend meetings. You should not just be given transportation money, which is minimal, right? Or just offered a free lunch. But if you're, meeting, coming, yes. if you're coming in for three hours, that's the same as two cl teaching two classes. I think that should be treated the same way. And I don't know any place that respects part-timers' time that way. Never. And it and it's it's different. Yeah, it's, it makes a big difference because, okay, we're paying you. This means something. You're a prof you're a professional. Your time is important. This is what we're doing. What we're telling you at this meeting is important enough for us to pay you. Be here, pay attention, and know it. You're not paying the people. That sends a very strong message. And I I hate when the school says, "Well, you're paid for when you're not teaching." No, it's not. Yeah, and I, you have to say, "Well, the schools that pay me." Only when I teach, pay twice as much. So it's just simply how you... It's like the bonus system. Mm. How you distribute the salary is not what's at issue here. And there's also the anchoring effect that, you know, whatever you start with is how you you, you psychologically and emotionally will relate to something as a baseline. Right. But it's this idea that just sending that little piece of communication is that we value your time. Because you also can say to people, excuse me, you're not paying me just to teach a class. You're paying me to prep. You're paying me for, let's see, as my wife has said to me, it was interesting, you know, Tony, when um, I got married, but you're married to another teacher. So it's different. But when I first got married, my wife was like, oh, teachers have a great schedule. And then after a couple of years, she turned to me and said, you know, I've never seen you not come home and work. I can't remember when you didn't at least spend minimally a couple of hours on the weekend working. Sure. Oh, so, minimally. you know, I just want to say to any school that <laughs> says to me, well, we're paying you when you're not working. Therefore, you shouldn't be compensated for your meeting time. It's kind of like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The triple negative. Right. Um, I think it's that's something that bothers me that mm. if you're part time, it's really you know, it's a fair thing to say, well, I don't think it's right for you to require me to come into a meeting. It's very different right. from it's a full-timer. It's something else. It's something extra, and it should be compensated. It should be, and I think it would do wonders for people's attitudes, and we know that schools that do that tend to retain their people for a really long time, and they tend to retain the really good people. Well, that that would be that would be a, a factor for consideration if anyone cared about actual right. foreign language education. Right, and that's a whole topic in itself. But I think yeah. what is strange is having sat on both sides, mm. and now I think, wow, I wish I were part-time again. <laughs> and now you can understand it, but you can't do anything about it. You can't fix it. It's, yeah, it's, got, it's, it's very frustrating. And the reason you can't fix it is because you're at institutions that have these rules and that there is ingrained thinking. And this is really in, the true... It's, it's such a significant point is that once something starts, it's really, it's it's like a, it's the old train analogy. I think it was Jethro Tull with locomotive breath, right? God pulled the handle and the train, it won't slow down, it won't slow down. Once an organization is down that path, you can't really alter it. You can't change it. So if the place doesn't start out with respect for its part-time instructors, and that's a rare rarity anyhow, 
it's you're not going to ever see any significant positive changes there. And so, but on the other hand, there is the situation, and you and I know this, is that you don't have any job security, really. But what about those teachers who, you know, really shouldn't be there? And in that sense, those people have very much impacted, I think, how good teachers are treated. Yeah, that's that's a that's a bit a bit of a cultural trope, and partly because of the, I think because of the groupthink or the importance of the priority on. Oh, you the, mean collective the, punishment? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's yeah, and it, it it's it's pervasive. I mean. It, People often, whether it's a teacher in a classroom, whether it's a, a company and the workers, or a school and the teacher, um, they tend to see the not to see the them as individuals, but as collectives, as groups. And so, one person in the group screws up, then the the group suffers the consequences. Here, quote unquote, net, you see my air quotes. Naturally, of course, um, you don't punish the individual; you change the rules for everybody. Mm. <laughs> uh, I talked about that photocopy session, right? Oh, that, that, yeah. that, that situation. Um, well, I, I, I remember watching the the part timers at one school, all of them except for me, l- canceling their last class of the semester in July so that they could get out before high season, mm, right? And that and, they could save money on their airplane ticket, and hence the shift to the mandatory fifteen weeks. And now it's you miss a class, you have to make it up, and mm. rather than addressing it. Those people, it, it just uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the bad apples. I mean, they're, whether they're part time or full time, yeah, it's uh, the the effect of the of the bad apple is amplified here immensely, yes, and yes. we all suffer because it's not understood it. that there. In fact, sometimes you question. There's this weird idea of I don't even know if the bad apple exists. There's a definite because if you've been in Japan, you know that there's a very different way that people relate to in, individuals and groups. And I think this is exactly what you're talking about, mm. is that if one, if somebody does something wrong, if one person abuses the system, then everyone, there are, the rules are changed for everyone, <clears throat> even though only one person has abused the system, let's say, in 20 years, mm. rather than saying, okay, let's deal with this one person. So, yeah, I, I, I see examples of that all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather not even go into the examples because it'll just depress me. <laughs> <laughs> but the side is, though, as a part-timer, the real positive is a lot of independence and autonomy. Okay, good, good, good. Right? Yeah, because I started talking about like not going to the meetings, and the other thing I wanted to get about is, like, yes, that exactly. independence and that autonomy. The so, wonderful thing is when you walk in that classroom and close the door, it's yours. Yeah. When I was, I think, a senior in high school, finally, after it took me so long, it took me out my 12th year trying to get through college, I, um, I did uh, one of these um, tests for... Um, a job, mm-hmm. right? You know, one of those kinds of things where you you figure out what vocation, you know, what is it, a voc- vocational assessment test or something? Mm-hmm. And it came out that I should either be a teacher or a salesman <laughs> because I like be- I like my independence. <laughs> and I, I thought, thought it was going to be because you like people. <laughs> had, oh, I think I probably scored really low on the people. Side. <laughs> 
Well, if you stole more of the people, Scott, you wouldn't be a teacher or a salesman. This guy doesn't like people, but he has a definite need for autonomy and independence. Either a teacher or uh, a salesman. But it is really very true that as teachers, as educators, we do have, to a large degree, autonomy, although that is under attack. Um, and I use that word specifically, attack, mm. that teacher autonomy is under attack. And we'll be addressing that in a podcast in a couple of months, right, Tom? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's on the schedule. It's, right. it's definitely scheduled there. But at least so far in Japan, most programs are not coordinated. And those that even are, I'm thinking, the most even the coordinated programs are use the textbook. Here, or here's your textbook choices, and here are the general goals. Okay, let's see. And, and, and one extreme, just a, the, the the most extreme example I know that we know, um, where the part-time teachers show up and they check their mailboxes and in their mailboxes, okay, today you, you will. will do page 48, 49, and 50. Right. Or and here, here is and here, material and here's you will use. And, and yeah, right. here's the and, and here's the lesson plan. And that has its advantages as well. For, and some people I know really like that because they don't have to prep too much, right? I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You and I, I think, chafe under that. You know, where you know, how do I improvise? How do I, you know, what what am I bringing to the party? It's sort of. I want to know how you make a lesson plan if you haven't met my students. <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> 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 it's, like it, a, it's like it's like it's like a doctor writing a prescription when he hasn't met the patient. <laughs> it's like, what are you nuts? You're gonna kill somebody. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue a little bit here about you know because the thing you're talking about with the patient, you know, there's this whole history of the stethoscope, and I heard about this that once the stethoscope started being used, doctors stopped asking questions to their students or their patients. <laughs> Right, they stopped asking uh -huh. about general things because the stethoscope gave them information that they could use, and the doctor assumed that the other information wasn't required. Sure. And in a certain way, you're really right that that analogy of the here's the materials, here's what you're going to teach, but you haven't met my class, and even though you might know their TOEFL scores or their TOEIC scores or their vocabulary levels, or you might know how they've tested on a proficiency level. You, we don't know what the dynamic's going to be like. And that's and, so important. Oh, it's, is there anything more important than no. the dynamic? You could give me the best students in the world. And if I have a poor, if they have a, I never have a poor dynamic. With them. <laughs> no, no, no. But you understand, right? If, oh yeah. If the dynamic's not there, you will not accomplish a lot, mm. even though they could be high level. Um, and I've had classes where the dynamic was incredible, and it was low-level students, and we were able to accomplish oh, incredible yeah. things. Oh, hell yeah. And those, so, are, those are often the most fun. Oh, the, <laughs> they're always the most fun. The students who are motivated or they, they realize they're together and they can work well together, and they suddenly realize that they're with somebody who is not judging them from their previous learning experiences. Yeah. Is there anything more fun than that? No, no I don't think so. Not even an e-ticket ride at Disneyland. And for those of you who are too young to understand it, at Disneyland you used to get – remember the ABCD e-tickets? Oh, and yeah, the e-ticket, e man. was e the best ride, and the A-tickets were never used in your <laughs> ticket book, remember? They They're were laying like, around on the floor. I, I think I have some up, still yeah. somewhere in some drawer. But it's an interesting thing. So a part-time person could be walking into these very highly coordinated programs, the one you're talking about where you're actually given all the material and you're given directions on how to teach it. Um, or what's the opposite situation where there's no guidance mm. 
And I've had everything in between as well. Yeah, well, get out of my way as far as I'm concerned. Less guidance, the better. I can handle it. Let me walk into the first day, I'll figure it out. Yeah, it's it's always interesting, right? We talked about that with the mm. syllabus, right? Yeah. Uh, how yeah, do you write yeah. a syllabus for a group of students you've never met? Mm. And, uh, you know, I've, I especially when, when going to a school for the first time and sure. teaching a class for the first time, and you have no idea what you're going to be getting. And you walk in and... You know, it's it's always an interesting experience. Well, you the, know? The, yeah, but the yeah, the and the great thing is is the the positives of it. It's like one the lack of um, you know the meetings and and administration things, and the autonomy as as much as you have when you close that door, and um, yeah, that creative space that you you know that let it loose. You can be the teacher and. Uh, yeah, that, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's where you make it or break it, and that's where your reward's going to come from. And you don't have anybody else to blame. Yeah, or 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 or, take, or, or. or enjoy the credit for it. So that's that's what I like. <clears throat> I mean, that's really nice. And um, yeah, doing it right. We yeah. talked about it a few weeks ago. Why do we do what we do? Right, um, but. That running, I, that... running long on time. Just want to, just for people, especially for people who aren't in Japan. Just two other like major negative things that's that reinforce. We we mentioned it really. I think you did, you mentioned it really briefly at the beginning that uh, the part time teachers, yeah, hired gun, Ronin, uh, hired you know piecemeal freelance, just like freelance anywhere else, like zero benefits, um, mm. no retirement, no health insurance, uh, no sick days. Yeah, zero, no, no office, no. Um, we'll get into this next week, but, a bit. What, but no research, research money, right? But <laughs> goal, <laughs> but that nice spring and summer break. True, we. Some people might not know about that. I mean, I don't, I don't. Well, teachers by by definition, right? It's like no, there's when you're in when classes are in session. You're working really hard. When classes are in session, you're on vacation. And yeah, in the United States, the academic year, teachers, summer off. Uh, the academic year here is a little bit different. But yeah, between each semester, there's long breaks. We have no classes. We don't need to report. Yeah, when you're part-time. When you're part-time. This was something I didn't know when I became full-time. It was like, whoops, there goes four months of now you, yeah, you're, you're owned, non-reporting. You're owned a little more. And we'll talk about that next week. Next but week. Because yeah, you, yeah. are, you are owned at another level, which is... Rather abhorrent. <laughs> and the other part, the other really, really awful thing, and uh, this actually probably deserves a little more time than we have. But as a part-time teacher, when you're hired on, one would think, <laughs> one, one, would think, would think. one would think that this is like the bottom rung, and you and you you can like work really hard and do a really good job, and you get a chance at the next step on that next rung up the ladder. There is no ladder, Jack. <laughs> Um, mm, the, you almost really never you're almost never recruited for a better job, regardless of how phenomenal of a job you teach. No, no matter how good of a job you do, no one knows it. Actually, but there's also the other point on this, which is interesting, is that often they will there's a, they will have some kind of policy of not hiring yes. from within. It's yes. specific, <laughs> even though it's so we stupid. know these people, we have feedback, we have you know, so, student We know the person, he knows the, and, that person knows the system, he knows the students, exactly. he knows the full-timers, he knows everything. He's, he's been great. He's demonstrated, he's demonstrated confidence, he's reliable. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But no, we can't hire him. No, no, because you would never want to hire somebody you know. And by the way, we have to mention this. Then this is we'll talk about this. Japan has this really strange system of tenure, which is you're given tenure immediately upon hiring. So you get tenure. They will give tenure to somebody after a one-hour interview, and then you have them for life. And there you have the part-timer who you've watched, who you've seen. You know those part-timers who never have caused you trouble, right? The people who are doing their job, they're innovative, they're exciting, committed educators. And why are we not including any of these people in the interview process? Because we don't want committed educators as full-time people. We want people who can get along with other people and who won't cause trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, and we'll talk about that. Well, well, we'll week. talk about that. But you know, on the other hand, too, there is something to be said. And you know, you and I have worked with enough people because ah. educators are a, a, a unique animal. Yeah. Right. You you really do have people who, as I said, you know, really like their independence and autonomy. And I also think that the problem, and I think you've seen this too, is that I know people who are incredible in the classroom but impossible human beings to deal with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And would be you nightmares know, I, and administrators. Oh, God. Yeah, but, absolutely. But, you know, people who, I know, I, you know, I can't stand them. I think that they really have significant emotional or psychological issues to deal with. Mm. But I know that they're doing incredible things in the classroom. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know who I'm, kind of people I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so, exactly, on the other exactly. hand, I want to say that I wouldn't want they're to give somebody They're borderline certifiable, like that but yeah, you'd hate to have I, to work with them. I don't want to have them. somebody, you know, sitting across that table for the next 20 years with me. But I think it's really appalling that it's a dead end. Any job you have at a school as a part-timer is basically a dead-end job at that school. Yeah. And you would not yeah. be considered for a full-time position. And I find that just strange. It's insane. It's insane. You've worked, you've seen Pathological. somebody for four it's or five nuts. years, you know, but you're going to use an interview process where, by the way, anybody can... We've done that one, but yeah. And anybody so can look good for an hour. Anyone can be agreeable. For, think about it. It's really true. If you can't be agreeable in an interview, there's something really weird happening in the dynamic or you have a problem or somebody's treating you rudely. And that has happened. But um, you're right. It's important that even though there are disadvantages to the job as a part-timer, there are advantages. Um, do not expect to be hired from within. Do not expect it to be a road to anywhere. Yes, again, you're going to get your satisfaction from your students, from your classes. It's not going to come from anywhere else. Right. Yeah. So maybe that's a good point to wind yeah, up with, I think right? so, yeah. I think we got, to, we got most of the stuff in. And we'll talk about uh, the full-time, full-time positions side. and the uh, various flavors of full-time because it's not, it's not cut and dried. And, yeah, huge variation. And it is a chasm. It's, it's, it's the people who are you know, part-time who have never been full-time. It's something that they, they can't fathom and they, you know, they can't empathize. It's but, really hard, well, for a lot of reasons, which we'll get into. But well, I uh, think, it's, a, it's a big thing. Yeah, well, we'll talk about this when we talk about full-timers, right? Yeah, and. Yeah how people who are full-time and have always been full-time have had interesting lives, <laughs> as I would say. <laughs> okay, so we've, I think, covered the part-time situation. Um, be interesting to hear what people have to say, if anyone has anything to say. Yeah, yeah. Please give like us a shout. Your issues. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Let us yeah exactly. We, well, there's a lot of issues we didn't address, although I can't name one right now. Mm-hmm. But if you want to let us know, give us ideas, please email us at twoteacherstalking at gmail.com. We are Two Teachers Talking. We're on iTunes, obviously, hopefully, if you're listening. Also, Skype, although no one ever has used no. the Skype yet, have they? Give us a shout. No. Give us a shout. I yeah, don't know. Maybe. Have you checked? I'd like to see if it works. Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't even work. <laughs> I haven't checked it. Okay, Tony, I'll call you. <laughs> okay, so this is Charles Wiz. And Tony and, Silva. And we're Two Teachers Talking, and we look forward to your comments and input, and Tony will talk to you soon. Yeah, yeah. You too. Good luck. Okay, have a good weekend. Bye.